0: Good evening, greet you in Jesus' precious name this evening. Welcome back to sit at the feet of Jesus once more. Thank you for that reading. You know, I wonder if Jesus was here tonight, and we'd be sitting at his feet. I wonder what he would have to tell us. Well, I trust by faith that he has given a burden tonight that I can share, that you can receive, and you can be inspired, and you can be encouraged. That is my desire. So if you are here for the first time, we've been talking about the heart and that God has a keen interest in our hearts because He is the creator of us and He has a place in our hearts that was created for Him alone and we need to make sure that He is ruling and reigning there. How? Alone. That He is ruling and reigning there alone. So tonight let's open our Bibles to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16, we looked at that verse each evening, a couple verses here. And like we said, what we have here is Samuel sent to anoint a king, and we want to see how nearly we are alike to Samuel. Samuel was no different than us, and we're really no different than Samuel, but he was sent to anoint a king. And there was a row of the sons of Jesse that he was supposed to anoint a king, and he didn't know which one. So that is where we are reading here tonight. God is going to reveal to Samuel who he wants to anoint as king in place of Saul. Now this is interesting. And it came to pass, when they were come, Samuel, that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. That's Samuel's observation. Anything wrong with that observation? Well, the Lord thought so. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Lord speaking, Look not on his countenance, nor the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. That is the difference between God looking at your heart tonight and me standing up here looking at you. I am looking at you through the lenses of Samuel. You all look safe tonight. You all look like you are all... uh, cleaned up to be in church and sit in the presence at the feet of Jesus tonight. That's how, through my lenses and through the lenses of Samuel, you might say. But God has a keen interest in our heart, so therefore he gets to the heart of the matter. And he says, nope, not him, not him, and he went on down the list. God has a keen interest in our hearts. But the Lord looketh on the heart, I wonder... If there would be somebody here tonight, and I don't know if there is, who is just crying out and pleading, why doesn't God see my heart? Why doesn't Jesus see the pain in my heart? Why doesn't Jesus do something for the pain that I'm experiencing in my life? If Jesus sees my heart, why doesn't he do something? I just wish that God would see my heart tonight. I'm afraid we have that in our pews sometimes. The plea of the hurting for healing. And I need to qualify the sermon title and the sermon tonight a little bit for you. I had an individual come up to me at home one time here not too long ago. And he says this. What about the healing for my wounds? Wow. You know what that told me? That told me a few things. That told me, number one, he, had, well, he wants some answers. Number two, I have a responsibility. Number three, it tells me that there's hurting, wounded people in the pews of our congregations across America. America. People who are hurting in the pews of America, hurting Christians, bleeding hearts, that's what it's telling me, and somebody who is pleading and asking for some answers, what about the healing? So we can go and we can preach sermons on sin and we can preach sermons on hurts, And we can preach what they look like, and somebody is begging and pleading. What about the healing? That's what we want to talk about tonight. We want to talk about healing. I've entitled the message "Wounded Warrior" because we're talking about warriors being in the Lord's army, and when we're in the battle of life, we get wounded. That's what I'm talking about tonight. In the battle, in the in the hard things of life, in the journey of life, we as soldiers get wounded. That's how it is in battle. Wounded warrior healing the wound. And I want us to get a good um, picture of what this can look like. Out of our wounds comes our ministry. Out of our wounds in our lives, we have the ability to reach out and to minister and to serve. And that is why we want to turn to Jeremiah chapter 10. Jeremiah chapter 10. Out of our wounds comes a ministry. And if, you, if you've never heard that before, I want you to consider that. I want you to consider that for you. I want you to claim that for you. I want to claim it for me also. Jeremiah did this. Jeremiah claimed it right here in this verse. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 19, you can mark that. Jeremiah is saying here, he says, Woe is me for my hurt. My wound is grievous. But I said, truly this is a grief, and I must bear it. And out of that wounds, and out of that recognition of his wounds, and recognizing grief, Out of that came a tremendous ministry and Jeremiah went forth in victory and beautiful battles were won through Jeremiah's prophesying. And you know, he came out on the winning edge of things. After he recognized that his grief was grievous and his wound was grievous, but it was his personal one and it was for him to bear. That's where we're at tonight. We want to find healing. We need to come here alongside Jeremiah. We need to claim this verse. We need to claim this as a word of the Lord. We need to claim this as the burden of the Lord tonight. That we would identify, we would recognize that woe is me for my hurt. Yeah, we know we're hurt. Yeah, we recognize that tonight. We know it is grievous. And We could even say that nobody had it as bad as I if we want to. We can say that if we want to. As long as we recognize that this one is for me and I must bear it. That's where we come out at. So the question that I want us to reckon with, is how badly, how badly do I want to be healed? How badly do I want to be healed tonight, folks? Do you think, do I think tonight that a wound that is not healed will remain unchanged? Think about that, nurses, if you're here. Will a wound that is not healed remain unchanged? Will it just remain in that simple condition? Do I have myself believing that the wounds I have in my heart, the wounds that I've experienced in my life, if Jesus doesn't have access to them, do you think, do I have myself convinced that those will just remain unchanged? No. No. Wounds don't operate like that. Wounds fester. Wounds get infection. If I don't find healing tonight, we're going to die. I want us to think about that. In the spiritual sense, if I don't find healing for my wounds, just like a wound in in a warrior, in a soldier today, a wound that is not tended to, you'll die. In my spiritual life, in my Christian life, if I don't let Jesus have access to my wounds, we're going to die. This message this evening is to help us find healing for our wounds. Maybe we assume that, um, and I think this is so often the case, maybe we assume so often that, that everybody just knows about my condition. Everybody just knows about my wounds. We assume that the leaders of the congregation just know that I've been hurt. Alas, brothers, sisters, we preachers don't see the heart. That's what we read. We don't see the heart. We don't see the wounds many times. I want to point that out tonight. I want to point out our responsibility with when we are hurt. I'm not suggesting at all that everybody here tonight is wounded. I'm not suggesting that at all. In the Bible, there's a story about one lost sheep. Maybe there's one here tonight whose heart is bleeding. Maybe we've been wounded in the past and we're here tonight. Then we've experienced the blessing of the healing hand of Jesus on our lives. And that wound is no longer open. That wound is no longer festering. But it is a wound that has been healed. What do I do if I'm carrying a wound? What do I do if I'm aware of somebody that has been hurt and that is, is injured, that is bruised? Well, like any good soldier, brothers and sisters, we come alongside our comrades and we help them to Jesus. That's what the soldiers do. No soldiers left behind. Soldiers are comrades. They help the wounded. They tend to the wounds. They take them to Jesus. Now I want to clarify. I want to define what I'm talking about when I talk about a wound tonight. I want to be transparent. I want to be plain. I want to be simple. I want us to understand. And I want anybody here who is wounded to say, yes, that's me. A wound tonight is an injury and a hurt to feelings... Or reputation, if you want. That's the definition. An injury or a hurt to my feelings. That is so real. This is a wound. This is not sin tonight, folks. If you're here tonight with sin in your life, you need an encounter with Jesus Christ right at the altar, at the foot of the cross. It's still the same blood. It's still the same blood, but you need an encounter with Jesus Christ. I'm talking about wounded warriors tonight. And if you're here and you aren't even a warrior, you need to become one. You need to become a soldier of Jesus Christ. And it happens the same way for every single individual here tonight that's at the foot of the cross. That message doesn't change. But I've been notified, I've I've made observations that there could be wounded folks in the pews. We need to minister to them. The wounds tonight that we're talking about are received from without, though no fault of our own. It's the, it's not fair kind of wound. It's the out of my control kind of wounds that come into our lives in this hard journey of life that we're on. Maybe I've accepted Jesus Christ, I've been serving Jesus Christ, but there is a wound that I have yet To allow Jesus Christ to touch. And he's the master physician. But I've reserved it. I've held on to it. I've harbored it. So how might I have been wounded? I want to see if we can identify some of these. Got a little list here of how I might have been wounded. Can we identify with this? Well, one way I believe that we can be wounded and that we find wounds in the, in the pews tonight is the abuse in the home, the abuse by parents, the abuse by siblings. And it should not be present amongst us, brothers and sisters, but alas, it is sometimes where there's abuse in the home. We have verbal abuse. Are you here tonight and have experienced the verbal abuse in the home by one of or Your loved ones or your siblings, I don't know, whatever that looks like. Have you been um, experiencing physical abuse? Are you here tonight and that is something that you've experienced in your life? Or maybe it's sexual abuse. And if tonight if you're here and you've been violated, you may not remain silent. You need to allow Jesus to have access to that hurt and that wound. That's the only way it's going to be healed. We want to look at that another way that we might have been wounded is through rejection rejection by peers by peers it's so real it's an infliction upon our our hearts rejection at school rejections at home rejections at church maybe i've been physically challenged maybe that's what's hindering my progress Maybe that's the wound I'm experiencing is the physically cha- being physically challenged in some manner and I've never quite come to grasp that this is a wound that I must bear. God wants me to bear this. Maybe I've been a victim of circumstances completely, no fault of my own, trauma, disaster. Maybe there's been a separation of parents and there's broken homes. I don't know. That should not be named amongst us tonight but that creates extremely difficult wounds in the lives of young people and children and spouses maybe I've been wounded by mocking by others I know what that's like I went through the public school system I've had to go into the office and pull up my both pant legs and show my shins that were black and blue I know what that's like that's wounds Maybe it's been a breach of trust that somebody I've trusted my whole life, and there's been a breach of trust to where you say, I can't believe they ever did that. Maybe it's broken relationships, a relationship and dream that you just were so longing for, and it's shattered and broken. Maybe it's sorrow, death of a loved one, some things that can cause wounds in our lives from outside forces. Like to, I'd like to give us some symptoms of what we're looking for. Some symptoms of a wounded warrior. Some symptoms that we we have amongst those who are wounded. And I won't tell, spend much time on these, but some symptoms here tonight is living in defeat and no victory because I've been wounded and I have not embraced it. I have not allowed Jesus Christ to have access to that wound. Maybe it's Another symptom is tonight, silence, yet all the while screaming for help. Silence. I think another symptom is the continual reliving of the battle. The continual reliving of the battle. Speaking of it often so that I never forget how that wound came upon me. How I I received it. And we relive it is a symptom another symptom i believe is the wounding others in the same manner by which i've been wounded and isn't that a paradox isn't that odd isn't that isn't that a little wrong wounding somebody the way i've been wounded Another symptom is a controlling conversation. The individual who controls a conversation and you can have a conversation where you never even get a word in because you're not able to because if they ever stop talking it allows a moment of time for you to ask the wrong question. I believe that's a symptom. Well, these wounds might not be evident tonight. I can't see that here tonight. But the symptoms could exist. And I want to say this, and we'll get into the scripture here, that I can do nothing to alter and change and reverse those circumstances. I cannot, your pastors cannot, do anything to just undo it. So now what do we do? We do what Jeremiah did, and we say, this wound is grievous, this hurts, but I'm going to bear it. Now, I want, to know, I want to show us how this works. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4. I can only take you to Jesus tonight. That is all I can do for this kind of wounds and this kind of pain in our life. He's the only one. Amen. And it's far too many times we're trying to fix it up a little bit ourselves. This is a beautiful mission statement of Jesus Christ. This is for you. This is for you tonight, sitting at the feet of Jesus. This is for you. The mission statement of Jesus Christ, Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was... He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Esaias, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And here's the mission statement, folks The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and he sat down, and all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Imagine that, folks. And he said unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. This is Jesus' mission statement. And he fulfilled it to the T, and he is fulfilling it today. His mission statement doesn't get outdated. It's obvious here, in Jesus' own words, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, and that he came to do what? He came to heal the brokenhearted. Alright? You know what that is? You know how that feels? The shattered and broken the calamities the difficulties the disappointments in life the broken heart jesus came with his intent was with the mission to heal the brokenhearted can you relate to being brokenhearted tonight the brokenhearted that's only a portion of his mission statement i want us to point i want to point something out here to set At liberty, them that are bruised. Is that you tonight? A bruise is what we're speaking of. A bruise is a surface injury to the flesh, oppressed and inflicted by an outside force. That is the bruise. Now think about it. Jesus said he came to set at liberty them that are bruised. This gives the idea... That the wounds that are not healed bring bondage. And Jesus knew that. Wounds that aren't healed are going to bring bondage. And Jesus' mission statement came, and he's coming, to set those people free. Who are bound by what? Their wounds. To set at liberty them that are bruised. That's Jesus mission statement. So are you being held bondage, held in bondage by your wound? See, our wound is a constant reminder that I've been hurt. It owns its it it owns the individual. Is your wound holding you captive, keeping you on the sidelines of the battle? completely ineffective in battle. The soldiers are not made to sit on the sidelines. No victory, no growth, no joy, no peace. Just bruised. His mission statement here in verse 18 gives the idea, the evidence that Jesus does not intend for his children to live in this state. Jesus desires all men to experience liberty today. This is why he came. This is why he died. This is why it says in Isaiah 53, verse 5, Jesus was bruised, Jesus was wounded, and he was bruised. Both. He understands. Now, verse 21 Jesus' mission statement and the burden of the Lord tonight is, this day the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Today is the day to experience that loosing of the bonds, the bondage of our wounds, and to be set at liberty. So my desire is to point all the wounded warriors to Jesus Christ, Because soldiers, if we look up, there's an outstretched hand proceeding from the throne of God, and that that hand is nail-scarred. It's been wounded. There's evidence that he understands. Now we're going to turn to a text that I want want to talk to you about. This text was the first verse that came to my mind when that suggestion was made to me what about what about healing? What about healing? This verse is the first verse that came to my mind. This is what we want to look at, look at tonight. Turn with me to Mark. This is about Jesus also. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 the And we'll start in verse 46. And this is the account of the blind beggar. This is about Bartimaeus. But before before I even read this, I want you to be able to identify this verse when I read it. This is the verse that came to mind. Verse 51 And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? That is the question that came to my mind when somebody asked me, what about healing? Have I ever told Jesus what I want Him to do for my wounds? Have I ever told Jesus what I want Him to do with my wounds? Jesus knows when we are wounded, but He desires for us to ask. That's in the Scripture here tonight. He asked, What wilt thou have me to do? And that's the question Jesus is asking tonight. If you're here tonight and you're wounded, He is still asking you tonight, What would you have me to do? Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more, a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. And commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be a good comfort. Arise, he calleth thee. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt that I that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. And follow Jesus in the way. We want to look at this account a little bit here. One of the things I see here is that Jesus comes walking in along the street. And you know, he could have walked past Bartimaeus. I don't know that. But what I see here is that we have to identify our wounds in order for Jesus to heal. Sometimes our wound blinds us just as Bartimaeus was blinded, and it hampered him from finding Jesus. Did you know that our wounds can hamper us from finding Jesus? That's why we're here tonight, that we could find him and experience liberty, experience the healing. So we have Jesus coming and the crowd with him, and his disciples with him. And in verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus, this is Bartimaeus, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus did not heal Bartimaeus because he stood there and shouting and hollering for him to heal him. Jesus did not respond to that. Maybe you and I have been responding to Jesus in the same way Bartimaeus did that my, uh, about our wounds. And we're, we're, we're kneeling there and we're shouting and we're hollering at Jesus to do something for me. You know how I feel. Why aren't you doing something, Jesus? Jesus didn't respond to Bartimaeus at that point. He did not heal him because he was shouting at Jesus. He you know, he. Have I been shouting at Jesus, never telling him what I want him to do? I want us to notice something very significant. Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David. That was an act of faith. That is saying, Jesus, you're the Messiah. That is the evidence of Bartimaeus' faith when he said, Jesus, thou son of David. There we have it. It requires faith on behalf of those who are wounded to experience healing. Found that interesting. Now, What happens to Bartimaeus is oh so common today. Verse 48 And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Be quiet, Bartimaeus! Stop shouting! Today the wounded are told to be quiet. Today the wounded are brushed aside. Today the wounded are saying, stop complaining, stop speaking. Don't you dare tell anybody about this. And they're supposed to experience healing? Be quiet, Bartimaeus. Is this why there are so many wounded warriors on the sidelines today? Because they're told to be quiet. Verse forty-six is the evidence. Bartimaeus was along the highway side doing what? He was begging. Or do we have folks in the pews today that are on the sidelines, begging for help, pleading for help? And their wounds are unattended, and their wounds are festering. Bartimaeus sat by the wayside, begging. Now here's something very significant, folks. If you're here tonight and you're wounded and you've been shouting at Jesus the way Bartimaeus did and I told you that Jesus did not respond to Bartimaeus at that point. He did not, really, um, he did not heal him for certain. Let's see what happens here. Verse 49, and Jesus stood still. Jesus stood still. And I imagine that. Isn't his mission statement to go running over to Bartimaeus and pick him up and hold him and say you're healed? No, not so tonight, folks. Jesus is standing still at the altar. Jesus is standing still waiting that the the wounded would come to him for healing the evidence of our faith that he will heal. Jesus is standing still tonight. And if you're still wounded, he's still waiting. That's what Jesus was doing. He was on the move when he heard Jesus thou son of David the act of faith he stopped and he stood still he did not go to Bartimaeus but Bartimaeus had to go to him now friends tonight how does that work Jesus knew he was blind How does Bartimaeus ever get to Jesus in the crowd? He doesn't see where Jesus is. Somebody had to come alongside Bartimaeus and say, Bartimaeus, Jesus is calling you. Come along over here. This is where you'll find him. That's tonight. It's here. Somebody come alongside and say, this is where Jesus is. And they took him to Jesus. beautiful. They had just told him to be quiet. You see? They had just told him to be quiet. But when Jesus said, come, and he gave the invitation, the people were compelled to help Bartimaeus find Jesus. And that's where we're at tonight. Jesus is calling the wounded today because he said, today that shall be fulfilled. Jesus is standing still tonight. In Luke chapter 6 verse 12, Jesus spent the whole night in prayer, and then the next day he called his disciples. We need to be men of prayer before we can lead lead the wounded to Jesus. How can we lead the wounded to Jesus when we're not sure where he is at? In Matthew 15, verse 29, 31, you don't have to turn to that. I want to read that to you. Matthew 15. Talking about taking people to Jesus. That's what we're talking about. And Jesus departed from thence, verse 29, and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down. Look at that picture. He sat down. He did not go to the wounded. He sat down there, and great multitudes, many people, came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at the feet of Jesus, and then he healed them. We have to come to Jesus. And brothers and sisters, if you're healthy tonight, you have to take them to Jesus. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. They did this one thing, and it says a glorified God of Israel, and that is the whole intended purpose of our wounds, that when they're healed, it glorifies God Almighty, not the one that's been healed. So it's our responsibility today, brothers and sisters, church leaders, is just simply to bring them to Jesus. That's back in our text again. Here we are at verse 50. This is beautiful here. Bartimaeus acting upon Jesus, inviting him. They said, Jesus is calling you. And this is what he did. This is how we must respond tonight. And he, casting away his garment, arose and came to Jesus. Now, he did something very significant there. He cast aside his garment. He stood vulnerable before Jesus Christ. He cast aside anything that would hide him. And he stood transparent in in whatever state he was. That's how he came to Jesus completely exposed, that Jesus could see his every need. And tonight we're going to have to get rid of the wraps that we wrap around our wounds in order for Jesus to have access to the wound to touch and to heal. We wrap our wounds ourselves. This is a picture of Bartimaeus unwrapping himself and throwing his garment aside. We wrap our wounds with bandages of blame. So we have a wound and we wrap it with blame. Then we wrap it with denial. And we keep wrapping it up. We wrap wrap it with despise. We despise our wound and we keep covering it up. We wrap it with pity. We wrap it with excuses. We wrap it up with comparing ourselves to somebody else. And now we have this big old bandage over our wound about like this. And we come to Jesus and say, and say, heal me. And Jesus says, let me see it. Let me see it. So we can have our wounds bandaged up real good tonight. But it's going to have to come off. We're going to have to be real with Jesus. We need to lay it out truly how I feel. We need to tell Jesus what we want him to do for us. Similar to confessing our sins. We need to be specific what we want Jesus to do. Verse 51, here we come to that verse. Fantastic. And Jesus answered, you know, this is, this is Bartimaeus standing there naked, I don't know, in all, in all his exposed state, I don't know, he was standing before Jesus and blind, and he couldn't even see who was looking at him. And Jesus says this, what wilt thou that I should do unto you? Come on, Jesus, you know I'm blind. I don't really have to tell you that I can't see you. You know that I'm blind. That's how we go about with our wounds. Jesus just knows that I'm hurt. He just knows that I got slandered. And he's asking me what, I want, what he wants me to do. That is the question he's asking tonight. What do you want me to do? Well, that's Jesus speaking. What will thou have me to do? And it was immediate... Honest answer from Bartimaeus. No beating around the bush. He was completely honest with Jesus Christ that I might receive my sight. And there he had it. He he expressed faith. He came to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, what would you have me to do? And he was immediately answering him that I might receive my sight. And he exposed that wound. He exposed that vulnerability to Jesus Christ. And Jesus could work. There was nothing to hinder Jesus Christ from healing that man at that moment. That I might receive my sight. That is so blessed. And Jesus said something here. Jesus said this. Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. It was his faith that Jesus could Give him sight that made it whole. And that is what Jesus wants us to understand tonight. And that's why he said that. And he healed him. Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. And something very significant happens after he receives his sight. He follows Jesus. He now can see. He had now has been set free. He's been set free from the bondage of the wound. He's been set at liberty. The freedom to find healing for our wounds. And he follows Jesus. So that tells me there's a hindrance to following Jesus when we have wounds that we have not given to Him. That He has had not had not have access to yet. Our ministry can never come out of a wound that Jesus has not touched. Our ministry can never come out of a wound that Jesus has not had access to. Our mind, our ministry, comes from our wounds. In closing... Alas, a few things to think about. What keeps me from coming to Jesus? What keeps people in the pew tonight? What keeps people in the pew down through the ages? They know. There's a knowledge that Jesus is the master healer, and they remain in the pew. They remain wounded. They remain at home. They remain distant when they know the source of healing is Jesus Christ, why do we stay in the pews? There's a few things, I believe, reasons why we stay in the pews tonight. First one is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness towards those who hurt me. Unforgiveness goes a long way to healing a wound. It's going to be required to healing a wound. And so since that's a requirement, we remain wounded, and we remain in the pews. We remain seated. So what keeps me from coming to Jesus? Number two, I believe it's despising my wound. I don't know if you understand what that means, despising my wound. Oh, if it were not for this wound, I would be, and the list could be endless. If it just weren't for this experience in my life, if it weren't, just weren't, for what I've experienced, for for the hurt in my life. And there we dwell on it. So we despise our wounds and we stay in the pews. So what keeps me from coming to Jesus? Well, sometimes we go on a journey. Sometimes we go on a quest to discover why it was me who got wounded. And that's an awful long journey, folks. It's an awful long journey to go on a quest to discover why me. And so we remain in the pew because I have not quite discovered why I've been wounded. We lose focus. Why have I been wounded or why why do I not seek Jesus? Well this this one is scriptural in Mark 5:38. This is where Jairus' daughter was dying and died and stuff like that. And then Jesus comes too late and she's already dead. And, and they already have people gathering around there. And this is what I want to read in Mark five thirty-eight. He cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. Sometimes the wounded warriors tonight surround themselves with other wounded warriors, and all they do is weep and wail greatly and, and uh, pity each other. And there's just this big commotion, never acknowledging the source is Jesus Christ. And so we, we, we surround ourselves with fellow wounded warriors, and we have this great big tumult, the Bible says. And we all remain wounded. That's why we stay in the pews. That is in the pews today in the churches across America. The great tumult of individuals who are weeping and wailing, never acknowledging Jesus as the source. And the weeping is going on today, and it goes on tomorrow. Last one, why do I stay in the pews? Why, why do I not come to Jesus? Waiting to clean the wound up a little myself. It's, it's just not quite the right time to bring it to Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to try and clean this wound up a little bit myself. I've got to do something a little bit to clean it up. I've got to do something to help myself before I come to Jesus. That's not what he wants. He wants a Bartimaeus standing with his robe back there somewhere. He wants us to come. No dressing up our own wounds. We make a mess of things when we do that. He's saying, come as you are. He wants us to come just as I am. And that's your opportunity tonight when we sing that song. If you're here tonight, I don't know if there's anybody that has a wound. I don't even know that tonight. Jesus knows if there's a wounded here. He's standing here waiting, waiting, waiting for the wounded to come and the wounded to be brought. That's what he's waiting on. Time does not heal wounds, but wounds take time to heal. case you're just waiting on time to heal it out of our wound comes our ministry some of us here tonight have scars what about scars Well, tonight, if you're here with a scar, we can say praise the Lord because it's a wound that Jesus had access to and he touched it and it's a wound that is healed. A scar is a wound that has been healed. So we're allowed to have scars tonight. Jesus has scars. We're allowed to have scars tonight. Victory scars. It's okay to have scars. So tonight, if you're here, And you can identify with anything that was said for God's honor and glory. I'm going to ask that you would come forward. You would acknowledge that you want help. Somebody will help you. Somebody will come pray with you. Somebody will take you to Jesus. I'm confident of that tonight. Jesus is simply asking that we come to him. That is the invitation tonight. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, he is standing here waiting on you. He is still waiting. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you tonight. We thank you for the power of your word, the power of your spirit as it moves amongst us tonight. May you know our hearts. May you know those who are wounded. And if there be anybody here tonight with hurts and with wounds and with pain who might be bleeding tonight at this very minute, I don't know, Lord. I pray that you would bring them to you, that they would come to the source of healing. I pray that God Almighty would bind the powers of Satan, demons, and devils, that they would be withheld from this place, that men and women, boys and girls, could find peace, could find healing, could be set at liberty tonight. And we do this in the name of Jesus, to bring honor and glory to you, the Master Physician. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So tonight, let's sing a a couple verses of Just As I Am. I invite you to come forward.